Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Secret Podcast with Sixth Sense Media and Service of Change. It's the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. Once again, that's what we aim to do as we travel deeper down that rabbit hole as these things are just staring at us right in the face. We're going to talk a little bit about censorship. I'm also going to touch on some space exploration tied into some conspiracy theories, UFOs, secret space program, and the uh, corporate control over our internet, ultimately over knowledge and access to information. What does it all mean? How does it affect us? What are we supposed to do in the age of information where information is being filtered and controlled? What do we believe? Where do we turn? Where do we look for information? Obviously, I want to direct you to sixcentsmedia.net. I just want to direct you to your intuition, your inner voice, your inner guides. Let's not let those voices be silenced as we're steered in one direction or another. You know, speaking of intuition, I did another training exercise for myself. I found uh, my family and I took a trip just yesterday to uh, an amusement park called Knobles up here in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. Great little place. And uh, whenever I'm there, I do the exercise. I've talked about it before. From time to time, my wife and I will go off in opposite directions. She'll take one or two kids or all three kids, and I'll take one or three or whatever. Um... And at some point, I say, okay, I need to reconnect with my wife. Where is she? Well, just yesterday, uh, my son and I went on a ride together, and she had my two daughters. She's walking through the park. Didn't tell me where she was going to be. She just said, send me a text message when you're done, and uh, we'll meet up somewhere. So uh, we got off this one roller coaster, and I got off, and I said, okay, where is she? And I, I tried to feel my way through the park and find her. And uh, I did just that. I walked, I I picked a vector and I walked literally right into her again. Um, Let me explain a little bit more about this process so you can practice it yourself as well. I I picture my wife, I got off the ride, I pictured my wife and I scanned, you know, the, the full scope of all possible directions I could go into. And then I thought to myself, what does she feel like? You know, I looked at her and I just imagined, I focused on my heart. How does my heart feel? What sensation do I have in my heart when I recognize and see my wife? What does that feel like? What will it feel like when I see her? These are all the feelings that I'm trying to replicate. And then I imagine myself or like just sending energy out into every possible direction that I can travel. And there's just a different feeling in my chest. It's just almost like a pressure wave. And I tune myself to... Where does it feel strongest? If I go off to the right, if I go off to the left, if I walk straight. Well, yesterday we were kind of at the back end of the park, so we could only really go straight, left, or right. So I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm scanning, I'm scanning, and I said, okay, let's go off on a diagonal to the left. We'll cut through this food court, and I feel that she's somewhere in that direction. So my son and I start walking and walking and walking on a straight line, and all of a sudden, uh, through a crowd of people, I see my daughter running towards us and on that exact path that we're walking, my wife and my daughters were sitting at a table. They grabbed a snack for us and we would have walked right into them had my daughter not come out to retrieve us. So uh, this stuff works. This isn't the first time that I've tried it and, and we did it. I did it two or three more times yesterday with the same results. I, I was able to find her um, you know, when we separated the direction that she's in. These are great opportunities to practice. I, you know, I have done this in other instances where I've said, okay, universe, what do you got for me? What do you need me to work on right now? And it's not as powerful of an experience as depicted in the movie I'm about to share, in the, in the movie, um, was it the, not The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable by M. Night Shyamalan starring Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. But it is a similar experience where Bruce Willis walks out and he stands into a crowd and he starts touching people, and he's starting to visualize who's good, who's bad, what do I need? And finally, he hones in. One guy bumps into him, and he has a vision of, wow, this guy has done something very bad that I need to intervene on. If you haven't seen the movie, number one, shame on you, it's pretty old. 
but I won't spoil all of what happens. But he finds the guy and he follows him and it leads him to something. It's similar to that, what I experience when I do something like that. And, and, and I'm going to say this, it's nothing fantastic. It's not like Hollywood makes it all these flashes. It's just a little feeling that is so easily missed. And that's the, the power of it is that it's such a slight sensation that we can dismiss and ignore and not recognize. But when you can find that frequency, when you can find that feeling, you can then expand it. And then it, I don't even want to say it gets stronger. Your attention and focus of that tiny feeling gets expanded. Let me put it to you that way. And the more you work on it, I think the more you're able to identify. And you don't even have to do, like I, I use that feeling when I'm searching for information on the internet. When I'm having a conversation with somebody, I'm trying to evaluate, are they telling the truth? Is this valuable for me in, in business deals? Is this person wasting my time? So, but it's finding that feeling and using that in a variety of, of ways. Um, you know, that's our connection. And it's so easily distracted when we get lost in mind, when we get lost in thought. Not that our mind doesn't have a function, but when we're trying to use that intuitive feeling through our heart connection, because there's multiple connections through every one of your chakra points and beyond, but we're trying to use that intuitive drive. Other things like, if I would have sat there and thought, well, if I was Jenny, where would I go? Then I'm using logic, I'm using my mind to try to, ascertain where she might be not feel my way through it it's more like the force use your feelings luke as ben kenobi says so there's a difference and we need to know how to turn on or shift our focus and our attention to each processing system that we have on our on our bodies through our consciousness uh, it, it can be a very valuable tool but there are so many things that serve to distract them you know and i'll talk a little bit about it tonight social media internet cell phone alerts that operate conditioning that we're being subjected to day in and day out a little ring a vibrate all that stuff gives us a reaction it shifts our focus and our attention and then it causes us to do something how often do you have your phone in another room for those of us that use our phones often and you hear just a bring like your little chime goes off and your heart races for a second you jump up and you look for it you're getting that little dopamine or the endorphins that are being released into your system and you're going to look for your phone to pick it up to check that message or you get the ring you pull it out of your pocket you look at it you know if it's a social media alert and then what happens once you're on social media then you next thing you know five minutes go by because you're looking at this liking that looking at the feedback in the comments it's exciting to us it's it, it's it's that operant conditioning that's intention that's by design and it distracts us from those tiny other little signals that we need to be mindful of. But I want to talk about that for a minute. Also, let's think about our ancestors. What did the native, I've seen about this earlier this week, what did the Native American cultures know? I mean, I could do a whole show on this. I, you know, I, I'm, this is just coming to me now. I'll tell you, I was feeling so crappy before getting on the air tonight. I've been sitting here for an hour, about an hour doing research for the show. And, and before I came down and got behind the mic, I said, I don't know if I could do the show. I'm falling asleep. I, I, I feel just drained and exhausted and then I get here, and I think it's because I'm 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 resonating with what is important. I think that part of this, as as you guys know, I feel this is my purpose in life, at least right now. And now I'm I'm open up again, and I feel connected, and all these things are flooding into my head. I've been trying to think about this stuff for the last hour, and nothing's been coming to me. And now that I'm doing it, here it is. So that was my side note. I'm sorry, I'm distracted once again. But let's think about this for a minute. You know, I, a few years ago, I was really into Greg Braden. And the things that he would talk about with your heart connection and the divine matrix and, um, you know, how everybody's able to tap into their intuition to learn and things. Well, he tells a story and he, the video has since been taken down or, or moved somewhere. But he tells a story about a Native American friend he has and he went to do a, a rain dance. And so he goes to this sacred place and he describes that this sacred place in, in the, I, I think the, the gentleman might've been Hopi. I don't remember from the Hopi tribe, but this place was a point of energy, a, a powerful, a place of, you know, where basically where you can go communicate with the internet or I'm sorry, the wireless internet, the universe. I, I interchange these things now. And he said the man, they, they had been experiencing a significant drought. So this, this person went to this sacred circle. He stood in the circle for about a minute or two, closed his eyes, and then walked out. And Greg looked at him. He says, 
that's it? He says, yes, that's it. I'm done. Let's go on. They went on about their day. And he says, a few hours later, they got hit with this massive, massive rainstorm where they had localized flooding and stuff. Nothing major, but, you know, some floods and things. And uh, he said to them, wow, that really worked. Um, Number one, how did you do it? And he says, well, what I did was I went and I, I visualized what it would feel like when the rains come. I didn't wish for it. I didn't ask for it. I went there to that one spot and communicated the my intention of here's what it feels like to rain. I felt how what it would feel like as the water is running over my feet and when I'm when I'm standing in the mud and how the rain would feel coming down on my head. That's the feeling that I visualized. I felt that feeling as if it had already happened. And that seems to be the key, feeling that feeling. And that's what the, he communicated to the universe. He, he, and Greg Braden joked, I know I'm stealing his thunder here, but he says, you know, what, the, what his friend told him was that we still haven't figured out how to shut it off or how to communicate, uh, you know, how much is too much or whatever. And, you know, but at least we got the rain to show up. But those, those connections that we're seeing here, are we able to communicate that to the universe or are we being distracted? We're losing that. We're losing that now through our cell phones, through our technology. Now, is that being recreated? I suspect that it is. I was listening to a a speech by Ray Kurzweil again. And and let me tell you, when the guy talks, I don't think he's necessarily now somebody who does more research than me may come back and be like, hey, he's been in these, uh, you know, secret society meetings, wearing the masks and doing all sorts of sick stuff. I don't know that about the guy. I I don't know. I do know that he's a futurist and he's made some phenomenal predictions about where things are going. Um, He knows his stuff. What he's predicting with tech, you know, the ultimate merger with our minds to uh, technology, to computers, to the clouds, could we, we're recreating it. So someday, let's say we upload our consciousness to a cloud. Could we sit there in the cloud in that simulated reality and say, okay, here's a communication point. Here's a communication vector. Let me go to this area that it's the equivalent of picking up my phone, I guess. But let me go to this area in this simulation that has now been created. I stand here and I just picture rain. And all of a sudden in the simulation in my mind, it's going to, I'm going to experience rain. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe we just... Maybe we're in a, I mean, I think we are in a simulation right now, but we're so unaware of it and it's going to be recreated. But what happens when we lose our awareness of the simulation we're already in? We're going to go another level deeper. I'm going off. I know there's other stuff I want to get to tonight. I just think it's important to share my experiences on this journey with all of you. Uh, And I'd love to hear your experiences. What works for you? What what understandings do you have? Am I way off? Do you disagree with what I'm saying? Whatever it is, let me hear it. I think there's something to this, and I think this is, uh, you know, very important for us here. I want to share a story. Moving on here to some of the news from uh, where are we at unknown country. I love checking out their stuff at their website here. Um, there's a story called the Pacific. The, I'm sorry, the Pacific's Ring of Fire is being racked by powerful earthquakes. Could California's big one? be far behind. I also want to direct you to sixcentsmedia.net. Ray Davis has some video and some commentary on that as well. So that'll be in the show notes, both of these. Uh, But the article starts out, a series of 70 major earthquakes that have occurred around the Pacific Ocean's ring of fire has prompted fears that California may be hit by the dreaded, quote, big one, end quote, an anticipated earthquake with a magnitude powerful enough to have catastrophic consequences for the state. The sequence of earthquakes struck Indonesia, Bolivia, Japan, and Fiji, but so far no major seismic activity has been reported in California. But could this recent rash of earthquakes mean that the, quote, big one could be close behind? And then the article goes in and it, it lists all the recent earthquakes that we've had. Um, but I want to go back. I want to jump a little bit further down the article. So I want to direct you to Unknown Country to read kind of the, the recent history of all the activity that we're seeing. Um, but here it says, quote, the earthquake situation in California is actually more dire than people who aren't seismologists like myself may realize, according to Richard Astor, professor of geophysics at Colorado State University. Numerous smaller tremors tend to relive seismic pressure along a fault line. Without these, stress tends to build up along the fault, resulting in a larger earthquake when it finally gives way. 
Although many California uh, Californians can recount experiencing an earthquake, most have never personally experienced a strong one. For major events with magnitudes of seven or greater, California is actually in an earthquake drought. Indeed, in 2000, the 2015 Uniform California Earthquake Rupture Forecast calls for Los Angeles and San Francisco to have a 60 and 72% chance, respectively, of suffering a 6.7 earthquake before 2045, 46 and 51% for a 7.0 over the same time period. However, the recent ring of fire activity doesn't necessarily mean that the big one itself is imminent. On September 8, 2017, southern Mexico and Guatemala were hit with an 8.2 earthquake that killed 30 people. 11 days later, Mexico City itself was rocked by a 7.1 earthquake, and following the day, uh, and the following day, a pair of 6.1 quakes hit Japan and Vanuatu. But despite the intense activity, California remained relatively quiet. There's a little bit more in this article. Uh, I don't want to steal unknown countries' thunder. Go check it out. The links will be in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net, and it will be in the newsletter. Uh, as well, the secret newsletter that comes out to your inbox every single Sunday morning. Please check it out, subscribe, and you'll get access to read I Am Human and We Are Not Think We Are as well. There's my plug, my little commercial. So what I like about this as well, though, is yes, it's possible it's coming, but it also kind of grounds us here. Um, and I like that Unknown Country did that and they took that stance, not just to scare the heck out of you, but that's something that, that I've been working on, that I've been trying to work through and deal with uh, in my own life, I did a show on this a couple, I guess a month or two ago, managing our fears. You know, I, and I quoted what Will Smith said about fear being in your mind in, in that one movie that he had. Uh, I forget what it was called now, but he's fear is in your mind. And basically when you have fear, it's because you're imagining something that has not yet happened. He said, danger is very real, but fear is imaginary. And I was thinking about that at the amusement park yesterday because I tend to get a lot of anxiety before I go to an amusement park. And then I start packing a ton of stuff because I think, what if this happens? What if that happens? What am I going to need? And I was saying that over and over again, but that hasn't happened. I'm afraid it could happen. And knowing what we know about how to manifest things, am I now being so afraid of things and now preparing for things? Am I telling the universe, hey, make this happen, prepare for this to happen? So yesterday, I tried to put that stuff out of my mind, and I told myself, I have the skill set, the awareness, and the training to deal with whatever comes my way, but I'm going to have a good time. So I didn't go crazy packing for emergencies and, and bringing this big old backpack through the amusement park just so I can prepare for something that, in my experience, has not happened yet in the last, what, 30-something years that I've been going to amusement parks. And nothing bad happened. And I had a good time with my family and my kids. So so my point being, will California have a major earthquake? The answer to that is yes. It's going to happen. Can we live every day of our lives saying, I can't go out or I can't travel to California. I can't go somewhere where something scary may happen. No, we can't. Because then we're going to find we are home in our bunker for our entire lives waiting for that big event to happen. And maybe that big event will happen and maybe you'll be in your bunker. And then you're going to say, ha I was right. And then let's say the world ends and you're in your bunker for the next five, ten years, slowly dying. You may think you're surviving, but you're going to look back and you're going to say, I did it. I knew it. I was prepared. But what are you going to miss? Are you going to wish that you went out and you enjoyed the life that you had, the time that you had on this planet. I'm not saying don't prepare. Find the balance. Develop the skill set to handle any situation that you're in. Develop the knowledge, have supplies available, but don't miss out on this life that we're given. And I do this myself. I get so much anxiety. I miss opportunities to go out and enjoy life. Don't do that, my friends. I'm working hard to move past that because fear is our greatest inhibitor. And then you got to come back to fate versus free will. And I struggle with this immensely. I can't control everything, but I want to when it comes to what am I afraid of? How am I going to prepare? What can I expect? Trust in your training, your experience, your skill sets that you have in life. And then ask yourself, fate or free will? I can't control everything. Things are going to happen around me. But maybe, maybe your destiny 
is to be in the location where something bad happens, to learn something or to help somebody. I used to think that all the time when I was a police officer. I used to go running towards danger. I used to fantasize about the bad thing happening, not because I was afraid of it, but because I wanted to be there to help because I believed that I was capable of dealing with that. And maybe we need a little bit more of that mindset. If something bad happens, well, here's the program that I'm running. Here's where the universe wants me to be. Here's what I volunteered for before I came into this incarnation. I'm going to handle whatever problem comes my way and help as many people as I can along that process. We talked about affirmations last week with Ray Davis. These are the things that are going through my head as I'm trying to reprogram and deal with some of the anxieties that I face on a daily basis. So I know I'm getting somewhat sidetracked, but I think that it's important for us to hear that. All right, I want to jump back to uh, censorship again. Actually, before I get to censorship, yeah, I'm sorry. We'll do censorship, and then we'll talk about Ray stuff. I got some audio from Ray that I want to share um, as well, talking about the uh, you know the, the new space force that may be coming online, and a recent discussion Mike Pence had with uh, with some NASA employees. So let's look at this. Let's go uh, through the Drudge Report. I found a link to a trailer on YouTube. It's called The Creepy Line, and it talks about what is going on with what AI is collecting and gathering. I'm sorry, what, what uh, Google, Facebook, all these platforms are gathering against us. This trailer speaks for itself. I'll let you listen to it. It's called the Creepy Line trailer. I'll have the links in the show notes uh, at sixcentsmedia.net. And then I want to talk about it. So let's listen. These are all free services, but obviously they're not. Your interaction with them is governed so that it will generate revenue. You give Google a lot of information. You're searching for the most private stuff on Google, things that your wife might or your spouse might not want you to know about. Facebook constantly manipulates their users. They do it by the things that they insert into the news feeds, and they do it by the types of hosts they allow their users to see. They can suppress certain types of results based on what they think you should be seeing, based on what your followers are presenting. It's what Google and Facebook are doing on a regular basis by suppressing stories, by steering us towards other stories rather than the stories we're actually seeking. That's the real manipulation that's going on. I was a design ethicist at Google where I studied how do you ethically steer people's thoughts. It will always favor one online music service over another and one candidate over another. Google and Facebook has the power to undermine democracy without us knowing that democracy has been undermined. There's what I call the creepy line, and the, the Google policy about a lot of these things is to get right up to the creepy line but not cross it. Google crosses the creepy line every day. All right, that's all the audio from that trailer. Uh, again, I'll have that in the show notes. I'm going to definitely look for that documentary when it comes out because uh, I'm creeped out. And I've been I've been talking about this uh, for quite some time on this platform as well. And I think it's something that we need to be very, very mindful of. What are they gathering about us? How are they steering us? And I'm going to get into some stories in a minute uh, about how they're shutting down certain groups and organizations because they're fake news or they're Russian propaganda but where's the line drawn? Where do we draw the line? We did a show last week talking about how they censored Alex Jones and, and you know Ray had a great quote, the, the best uh, way to protect free speech is with more free speech. If somebody says something you disagree with, have the freedom to, to put your point out there and be heard on an equal platform. Now, what we're seeing here with, with our, our information providers, where we get our news, where we get our information, is they identify us as a particular train of thought, particular political belief, and they feed us stories that will fuel and and support and guide that belief system, ultimately leading us to an, a, a mindset and concepts that they want us to be thinking. They're controlling our thoughts. It's horrifyingly 
scary. And when I think about this all the time, I think about how, and I know this is going to sound like an egotistical statement, and I promise I don't mean it that way. I'm just trying to reflect openly what goes through my head. I think about how I came to this conclusion. And I feel like I have been led to this through my intuition. Now, where's that information coming from with my intuition? Do I, let's get spiritual for a minute. Do I have a guide? Uh, is it the universe? Is it my higher self? There's so many possibilities as to where I'm getting this information or am I, am I telepathically feeling events in the future and getting that information? I don't know. What I do know is that I had these concepts in my mind and in my heart before I read about them on the internet. But now I'm reading about them on the internet. The other thing I have to wonder about and those that track my matrix stuff Am I manifesting these realities through either my imagination or this intuitive feeling that I'm getting? Am I putting it out there? Am I, you know, when, when we spoke with, uh, when I spoke with Alicia regarding her, um, you know, soul retrieval episode, we talked about the possibility of we're all creating our own realities and, and our realities interact with one another, but maybe within my bubble. That's the world that I'm creating because that's what I'm focusing on right now. So I'm seeing more of that. And that's what's happening on the internet. What I'm focusing on, all of a sudden, you know, if I'm focused, every time I shop for something online, every platform I go to, I start seeing ads for it. The scary thing is when you think about it, you start seeing ads. We talked about that already too. Maybe that's how this universe reacts. The things that we think about, I mean, think about it. Think, say to yourself, Purple cars are important. I'm going to say that right now. A purple car is important. You're going to see purple cars in your life and they matter to you. If that had some value to you when I said that, I promise you would start seeing purple cars everywhere. Not necessarily because purple cars are really important, but I just made them important or your acceptance of what I just told you made them important. Purple cars are probably always everywhere because there's, as David Icke says, we live in a universe of infinite possibility. Now you're honing your focus on to purple cars and you're going to start seeing purple cars everywhere. I'm not saying this is really going to happen. I'm just giving an example here. So I don't even be like, ah, Dennis, I didn't see any purple cars last week, you idiot. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to give a, a rough rudimentary example here of how this could be working. So I'm sitting here saying AI is taking over and all this is happening. Well, maybe that reality does exist. If we live in a multiverse and infinite possibilities are there, maybe my awareness is shifting to the universe where AI is starting to give birth to itself and take over and manipulate human thought and control it. Maybe I'm in control of that. As I talked about with Hollywood, I think Hollywood is one of the great, and the, and the media is the greatest weapon, is using us to create reality. And I, I, I struggle with this a lot. Just by me doing this show and talking about this, I may be part of the problem. Because now I'm putting ideas in all of your minds, if, if they're not there already, and I'm now steering you to believe, yo, Dennis is on to something. Look, we can see it. Here's the evidence. And now you have a belief in what I'm telling you and maybe our belief is manifesting it. And then my fear comes into play. Well, if I don't talk about it, then nobody's going to know. I got to get it out there. And there's where my ego comes in. I want to be the one to keep covering this story because I'm invested in it now. So it's a complex, complicated issue. And I, and I really wish I could just be bold and arrogant and cocky, which I am sometimes, and just say, this is it, this is how it is, and I don't have a de definite answer. It's dizzying. This intellect is dizzying, and I'd rather be honest about my confusion than just lead you to believe one particular thing. I could be the problem, and by you listening to my show, you could be becoming part of that problem. Maybe I just need to talk about how we're all rich and wealthy and, and everything's great. This is getting into Ray Davis territory uh, with the affirmations, and maybe that's our counterbalance. Maybe that's what we need to continue to do is using those affirmations, the ones that Ray puts out and, and even creating our own to counteract this scary stuff. I think that might be the key to dealing with this and surviving this beyond the physical things that we can do.
I think that's the direction we need to go in. We need to make sure we make a conscious effort to do that. And that, and, and that gets into our, our daily meditations, our daily affirmations. What are we visualizing for ourselves? And, and like my brother, he does a vision board. He'll take pictures of what he's trying to manifest in his life at that particular time. And he actually cuts them out of magazines and prints them off. And he put physically puts them on a, a, on a poster board and then he hangs them up until they manifest and then he creates a new one. There's different techniques and strategies to do that. Maybe that's what, what needs to happen. All right, let's, let's move on here. Um, talking about this crazy collection of information. Now, on the other side of the fence, trying to continue to steer our thought, uh, Trump is quoted as, as, as making some statements here. This comes to us from Politico. Uh, it's called, We Won't Let That Happen, Trump Alleges Social Media Censorship of Conservatives. President Donald Trump on Saturday took to Twitter to allege social media companies are discriminating against prominent conservatives, saying, quote, we won't let that happen. Quoting the president, social media is totally discriminating against Republican slash conservative voices. Speaking loudly and clearly for the Trump administration, we won't let that happen. They are closing down the opinions of many people on the right, while at the same time doing nothing to others, the president tweeted. Censorship is very a very dangerous thing and absolutely impossible to police. If you're weeding out fake news, there is nothing so fake as CNN and MSNBC, and yet I do not ask that their sick behavior be removed. I get used to it and watch with a grain of salt or don't watch at all. Trump in July said his administration will look into the practice of shadow banning on Twitter or reducing the visibility of certain people or groups on the platform, which he alleged was happening to prominent conservative voices. All right, I'll have the link to this article. You can read the rest of it. Uh, in the show notes as well. Um, I, I want to jump here to a Washington Post article now titled, Facebook Uncovers New Global Misinformation Operations. Facebook has identified and banned hundreds of accounts, groups, and pages engaged in misleading political behavior. Its announcement highlights a far larger discovery than a similar effort it reported three weeks ago with great fanfare. The social network said Tuesday that it had removed 652 pages, groups, and accounts linked to Iran and Russia for, quote, coordinated inauthentic behavior that included the sharing of political material. Facebook's action in late July against 32 accounts possibly linked to Russia generally involved U.S. political activity ahead of the midterm elections in November. The latest apparently fake accounts appeared more intent on influencing U.S. foreign policy and regional politics in the Middle East. Twitter also revealed that it had also suspended 284 accounts for, quote, coordinated manipulation, many of them apparently originating from Iran. All right, uh, this is copyrighted 2018, the Associated Press, all rights reserved. That's right. That's what the rest of that says there. So censorship is happening. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, when I was a kid, somebody told me, the reason why you can't say curse words on TV is because of this guy named George Carlin. He's got, you know, a foul mouth, uh, whatever, uses profanity. So I grew up all the time thinking George Carlin says bad things. Bad is a term I try to stay away from for the most part when labeling people. Now, I try not to label people at all, but it happens. Um, when I got older, and his stuff's all over the internet now, I listened to what he was saying and I agree with him. He's calling out governments and racism and big business and all these problems in the world. He called them out. So what did they do? Let's censor him. Why? He was speaking the truth. I remember in my own personal experience, I was I was a I still am. I just haven't had time to listen to a show in, in a couple of years, but I was a Howard Stern fan. For the pure entertainment value of it. But I remember when he would get political. I remember when he was trying to have guests on his show who were talking out against President George W. Bush during an election year when he was running for his second term. And he was talking about Michael Moore's movie uh, about 9-11. I can't remember the name of that movie. And I remember how they were trying to censor Stern and I remember watching them try to prevent Michael Moore's movie from being released. I, I can't remember the specific injunctions they did, but they stepped in and tried to shut it down. 
that today would be labeled as fake news. But if I have an opinion based on the evidence I gather, whether I'm right or wrong, whether you agree or disagree with me, I should have the right to express that opinion. And you have the right to choose if you're going to believe that opinion based on what I'm saying, based on my evidence, and based on your own research and interpretation. Even if I'm lying. Now, I can't slander, I can't libel, you know, print lies about somebody or, or spread lies about somebody. But when somebody's running for political office, I can sit here and say, this person is bad for presidency because of X, Y, and Z. Is that going to be considered fake news? Are they starting to target people with different political viewpoints? I'm going on a tangent here, my friends. Where do we draw the line is my question with censorship. Is it when it's something we don't agree with? Is it when it's something we don't want to hear? Is it when it's something that's untrue? I, I don't know what the obvious answer is because what's true to somebody may be untrue to somebody else. What one person likes, another person, another person may, li- may not. So how do you have an authority over that? What gives somebody the, the power and authority to choose what should be censored and what shouldn't? How do you develop guidelines for that? I know there's guidelines out there that exist today through the FCC. Are they working? And now we've got the internet censoring things. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. So we may say, well, this doesn't really affect me too much or I really don't care too much about it, but let's talk about something that, that we cover on this show regularly, UFOs and disclosure. And I'm going to get into this. is going to tie in nicely to what I'm going to talk about with Ray's um, audio clip that I want to share. Let's say the Space Force starts and my show continues to warn people, hey, be mindful of this space force. The secret space program has been around forever. There's a false flag that's coming, blah, 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 blah. I go through all this stuff. And then we have this attack from a UFO. And my site gets shut down. So those of you that have heard my show, you're good. You've got the information. But no one new now is going to have access to all that content that I put out there, giving the background, giving the case, because I'm go, I'm fake news now. I'm putting out information that goes against what the party is telling you, that this is an alien attack. That's how I see this ultimately possibly affecting this platform and, and me and, and Ray and what we're doing. That's one possibility. Right now, you... Where do we draw the line is my question with censorship. Now, we, we're talking about fake news and these Russian organizations. They're manipulating information and knowledge. It's frustrating. The U.S. does it. The U.S. does it all the time. I think I'd rather be more mindful of the information I'm consuming and the actions that I'm taking and the reactions of the actions that I take then have somebody else decide for me. I don't even want to give you the opportunity to look at this information. They are restricting access to knowledge, which is why when we rely on our smartphones or our technology to get our, all of our information, we're allowing somebody to dictate what we're thinking and feeling. Go back to that intuition. Now, we could ask the question, how do you know that the information you're getting through your intuition is something that you can trust? I don't. At this point, I, I don't. But right now, I do trust it. I evaluate it. But for the most part, it hasn't steered me wrong yet. Now, maybe I'm being set up. I don't know. But we've got things like our intuition and remote viewing that we should use in conjunction with all this other stuff. I feel like I'm boring you guys now. I'm going on and on and on on this tangent. 
So I'm going to shift gears here away from censorship, although I'm going to come back to it with the secret space program stuff in a minute. But Ray did an audio piece uh, and, and it's up at the Sixth Sense Media. Actually, at, wow, crazy. As I'm doing this show right now, Ray, your message just came through. He's got it uploaded on the site. So this will be in the newsletter and it will be at sixthsensemedia.net. You can check the links out and it'll be in the show notes as well um, to get the full audio from Ray. But he did about a 10-minute analysis of uh, Mike Pence, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, was recently in Houston talking to NASA employees talking about expanding the NASA budget and where he wants us to go. Ray's got pulled some great audio clips of him talking about, he says things like, we're going to the moon and with the intention of going beyond the moon, leaving more than just a footprint. And also implying or stating, we're going to stay on the moon and we're gonna, then we're going to go beyond to Mars. So the future is, is space right now. And Ray talks about it, you know, and he, and he says, this has been said time and time again. But this time, it sounds like it's really going to happen. So Pence goes on and he talks about the future and, and what it is. And, and Ray has um, some great commentary after what, what Mike Pence says. And I, I want to play Ray's commentary to that. Uh, I'm sorry, commentary on that in his reaction to Mike Pence talking about us going to the moon, staying on the moon, and then going on to Mars and beyond. So here's Ray's commentary on that. Those are some pretty strong words from the vice president, and I support wholeheartedly the idea of America and humankind going back to the stars. I have long written, long said that the absence of human exploration in space is a big miss by our government and really the governments of the world. He mentioned in those comments there that you know, one of the reasons we didn't do that is that people started talking about the fact that there are bigger problems we need to solve here at home. And I think there is no bigger dream, there is no bigger goal that we could possibly have than exploring the cosmos. And I've long argued that the reason we have the war economy that we have in the United States today, and we do, there's just no question about it. If war stopped on this planet tomorrow, the United States economy would collapse. Our economy is totally based on war, and that's why we never see an end to it. But the space program is something of a scope, an importance, a significance that could literally and practically replace that war economy and the need for it. And so I think we need to dream big. We need to go back to the moon. We need to inhabit the moon. And we need to go on to Mars and beyond. So I wholeheartedly support what the Trump administration is proposing here. However, Vice President Pence, however, Vice President Pence later in his speech made a real strong pitch for the Space Force and for militarizing space. And I've long argued that that is a dangerous proposition and one we need to think long and hard about. I'll play the clip here in a moment, but I really think we need to think about as a species whether or not we want to carry the challenges and the history and the baggage that we have on this planet. That, you know, as much as I believe in the human spirit and human potential, we have a pretty bad track record. What? All right, that commentary goes on in, into uh, some greater detail, and I highly recommend that you check it out. Um, what that inspires in me after listening to Ray's analysis of that and his thoughts and opinions and feelings on it, I'm with Ray. Space exploration in the Star Trek model can be a beautiful thing to benefit mankind. We need to look at history of how things have gone. And it's funny, I was just, uh, no coincidences, I guess, I was listening to um, something from Dr. Greer, I think it was dated August 5th, um, you know, an update on what he was saying. And he was just reiterating the history of this secret space program. And he brings it back to the 1950s, late 40s, early 50s, right around the time of the Roswell crash, when we came, you, you know, the, this government came into this technology and the things that they're doing with it. And he's talking about how they have the ability to stage abductions. They have these, uh, you know, androids basically that operate as the grays that are controlled autonomously. And, um, 
and, and Dr. Greer talks about the war economy and he talks about this agenda. And he said the ultimate goal of this agenda is to stage a false flag UFO alien invasion. And Ray and I touched on this last week. It goes back to Bill Cooper, um, you know, Project Bluebeam and the God voice technology. I was looking into that this week too. I got to do a show on that. But here's what's scary about it. They're not going to give up this war economy. That's too lucrative. It produces too much loose and control and, and everything that, you know, is bad out there. This space program, let's say this gets developed. I can't, I can't stress it enough. We need to be careful. Once we have this space force in place, we have got the recent disclosure efforts by the To The Stars Academy, whose motives I'm still trying to analyze and understand. Are we going to see this fake attack? And they're going to say, hey, here's, a, here's your new enemy. You can all unite now and hate the aliens. And we need to restrict your freedoms to keep you safe. You're not going to be able to live in these specific areas because they're contaminated or that's where the aliens are. So we're going to put you in these internment camps. We're going to put you in these FEMA camps, these safe... I'm really going conspiracy now. But this could tie into Agenda 21. I know this is, I've got my tinfoil hat on right now, my friends, but think about how this all fits, though. Got the Space Force coming online. You have the Two to Stars Academy through the, and the Pentagon acknowledging UFOs exist. They're real. They're not us. We know their capabilities. The next piece we could see could, not the next piece, but the big piece we could see or be waiting for is this alleged attack and now they've got that to continue to fuel the war economy. They're going to continue to fuel your fears, to steer you into certain spots. Again, Agenda 21 gets you off the land where they don't want you, gets you into these camps where they can even physically control you. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but the pieces are there. Be cautious of that. And again, we can't live our lives in fear. We need to use our, our intuitive power to manifest a different reality. If that's come, manifest it not working, manifest the people not believing that it's an actual attack by an alien force. Start investing in, in the, or I'm sorry, start exploring and researching the CE5 techniques that Dr. Greer talks about. I haven't done this yet. So I'm not saying it works. I'm not saying it's safe. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but it's something that warrants further exploration. And and the way to do this is not going to be through your phone. It's not going to be through watching a YouTube video. I mean, the YouTube video may help give you the ideas and the concepts and the training, but you need to go out and start doing this stuff. We need to use our intuition. We need to use remote viewing. That's what I talked about at the beginning of the show. Set, develop a team. Join a team where you're remote viewing, trying to determine, will a false flag invasion happen? Get the whole big picture of how that happens, and then let's plan for that so you're not afraid of it. As I said in the beginning of the show, I have the strength and knowledge and skill set to react and handle these situations appropriately. I'm being put here so I can help guide people through these challenging times so we're not going to be victims We'll be a thorn in the side of the of this system because we understand the programming. We understand how to hack the programming, not with our technology, but with our with our own biological technology, our psychological technology, our connection to the universe. We can use that. It's all connected. But when we start getting distracted by fake news, by censorship, by social media, by this operant conditioning, getting sucked into putting our, our brains, tying it to this cloud, they won't have to steer us anymore. They're just going to upload it right to our minds and tell us what to think. And I, again, that's a possible ultimate goal. I think that's there. Wow. I know that sounds crazy. May, again, I say it all the Maybe I am crazy. But I can't deny what I'm seeing, what I'm putting together talk me down my friends 
Hit me up, sixcentsmedia.net. Let me know what you think. Hit the contact tab. You got a lot to say about this? You have an experience with this? Please be a guest on the show. I'm always looking for guests that have more information and knowledge of this. And you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a guru. I would love to interview somebody who is an experiencer like myself, who's seen something, who's felt something, who's learned something. Come on the air. Send me an email. Give me something to read on the air if you don't want your voice on there. Something. And let everybody out there know that this is a common experience. This is how we make the paranormal normal and the supernatural natural. By sharing our stories, by having that courage to put it out there. All right, friends. I'm uh, I'm out of time here. I'm already late getting this show out. It's 10 o'clock Saturday evening, 25th of August. This show was... Usually goes out is goes out earlier Saturday, but now I have to edit and put it out there. I'm not going to bore you with those details, but please continue to support the show, like, comment, and share. I hate saying that, but really, that's the best way to get the word out. If you haven't done so already, please go to sixcentsmedia.net/slash I am human. You will get access to read my book I am human, and we are not who we think we are. It lays the groundwork for a lot of this stuff. And it, it's a great opener and intro to I Am Human Food for the Archons, which I am still working on, my friends, getting through the editing process. I know I've been teasing you with that for way too long now. I think five years I've been working on this project. It's coming, I promise you, with with the censorship that's going on, with the shutdowns that have been going on. I'm asking you to sign up for the newsletter. I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to sell your information. That's the greatest way, the best way for us to guarantee that you're going to get our content and you're going to stay in touch. So I'm asking you, please, sixcentsmedia.net slash I am human. Also at sixcentsmedia.net, check out the Affirmation Spot with Ray Davis. Check out his book, Anunnaki Awakening. The links are there. Check it every day. Check it every week. Just make sure you're checking for the updates. You want to be a guest? You want to be a sponsor? We could use your help. If you want to be a contributor, we need you. That's all the time I have, my friends. I'm Dennis Snappy the second. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. Thank you.